Hey guys, it's Adam Himmelsbach with the Boston Globe. I'm here with Gary Washburn. And um, Gary, it's been a while since we've done a podcast together, it feels like. Weeks, maybe. I mean, you know, we've had a West Coast trip, and then I had my great podcast with Micah Shrewsbury, Celtics assistant coach. If you guys haven't listened to it, it should be like next in your queue after you listen to this one. Gary, I'm, I know Gary listened to it, probably on your flight yeah. out to the West. Really, I'm sure you really enjoyed it. Micah's one of the more interesting guys... Uh... In the world, like the Dozeckis guy. Yeah, Micah well. is the Dozeckis guy. And he's the Celtics Summer League coach that gives us great quotes out at Summer League. Um, so we have a lot to talk about today. We, I want to talk about this um, Pelicans game we just watched tonight while we're recording this. Um, I'll talk about that West Coast trip where the Celtics are headed now with the playoffs being really, really close, which is crazy how close they are. I mean, right now, there's four games left in the regular season, which is really hard to believe. Let's talk really briefly just about this game tonight. It was kind of a weird game. You know, the Pelicans come in with nine players, um, a lot of whom a lot of, a lot of whom most people aren't that familiar with. Like, if you, if you pulled, like, a typical fan in the crowd tonight and said, hey, you know, who's number 16? I don't, I don't know how many would be like, oh, Tony Douglas immediately, you know. Um, the Celtics, again, we're coming back from this road trip. They're on the road for 11 days. Like, I wrote my story tonight. I mean, I saw Jared Sollinger posting on Twitter at 3.30 in the morning the other night. He's like, man, this West Coast, this West Time Zone thing has me all messed up. And they looked sluggish. But they came out and they found a way to win 104 to 97. Is this the kind of game you just get out of the way? You get, I mean, almost almost the perfect team to, to play if you're, if you're kind of coming back and trying to get your legs back under you? Yeah, I don't have any issue you know, to to rip them and say, oh, they, they should have beat them by 20. I mean, yeah, the Pelicans did lose at Philadelphia last night. Pretty embarrassing. But let's face it, they wanted to atone for last night. They, they have guys that play hard. The one thing that, you know, as Adam, you know, the NBA is about playing hard. And when you have a bunch of dudes playing for contracts and, you know, they don't want, they want to avoid playing in summer league, they want to get a guaranteed deal. You got guys like Tim Frazier and guys who – want to play in the league in a secure deal, there is no meaningless games to them. And I think tonight they just kept playing hard, grinding it out. Um, he had a lot of outside shots. It seemed like, I mean, he hit only nine threes. That's where I saw like 15 go down, it seemed like, tonight. Uh, but they had they had a good game plan. They grinded the game out. They just kind of uh, they couldn't avoid the turnover bug. But I, I thought the Celtics, they played – you know, on a scale of 1 to 10 of 5, they played an average, or if not slightly below average game. But you get this on the way, they get to rest tomorrow, and the Bucks are going to be another team that with, you know, Greek freak running the point guard. Hey, that's going to be a tough one. And, again, here we are with four games left. It's like you look at these standings. I, I wrote this in my story also tonight with the Heat, the Hawks, the Hornets, and the Celtics. It feels like weeks, if not like months, that the four of them have been locked in together and nobody is either doing anything to pull away and also nobody's like faltering that they're just dropping out. I mean, those four teams, I would love to go day by day, but these four teams have been separated by basically a game or a game and a half for like weeks. It's pretty incredible. As of right now, as of this recording, they're separated by one game. You know, the Celtics are now tied with the Hawks, technically for third. The Heat are a half game behind them. The Hornets are a half game past that. So again, they're separated by game the Celtics will play all three of these teams after this Bucks game they play these three teams uh, I thought it was interesting Jay Crowder tonight said 
uh, yeah, Brad, Brad Stevens pulled us aside on, on Tuesday. We had a little meeting. And he said, hey, don't, look, don't worry about the standings. Don't worry about your seating. Just do what you do well, which is kind of a classic, you know, Brad refrain. But then Isaiah Thomas tells us, hey, guys, during every timeout, I'm telling guys, uh, uh, I'm telling them during timeouts and during the game, you know what we're playing for. You know what we're playing for, referring to the three seed. So, <laughs> so I don't know who's I don't know whose uh, message is getting out there more. But how important is it? I mean, you know, they're twenty six and twelve at home now at this point. Obviously, after a slow start at the Garden, what were they nine and ten at one point yeah, to start the season? Yeah, they, so let's do the math. That's basically seventeen and two since yeah. then. They they have a nice they have a nice run going. I mean, that long winning streak, obviously. How important is it to get that three-seat or get that four-seat and secure the home court advantage? Yeah, I think it's important. I think it's important for the organization to kind of take that next full step and a home playoff round would be good for them. Um, obviously, whatever opponent's going to be a tough series. I mean, it's going to be a, a rugged series, um, whether it be Charlotte, Atlanta, or Miami. But I think it'd be good for them to start that Saturday or Sunday, that first day at, with a home game. The crowd's fired up. You know, it's like, hey, Celtics ball is back. You know, and unlike the Cleveland game, series last year, the Suns have a chance to win this series. So I think that's that's important. But you, you go play guys like, 50, you know, 48 minutes in the next four games to try to get it. Yeah. But everybody, as you said, Adam, all the other three teams are playing the same, playing for the same thing. Like, what does Charlotte do? Do they start resting guys? Miami's always had injuries, bugs, and nagging stuff. So it's it's going to be fascinating uh, the next six days and how it, how it plays out. And the Celtics are – you asked Brad this after the game tonight in the press conference. Like, Brad, do you, do you look to get healthy? Because, you know, you've got Jay Crowder is, is playing again, but he, he's still banged up his ankle, and he's just not – his wind isn't back yet. He's fatigued. Um, he's still getting back. Evan Turner now took this pretty gruesome – scratch in the eye from Julius Randle in the Lakers game we talked to him tonight his eyes all red his left eye like really really red he's it sounds like he's gonna wear some goggles he said he's okay his vision's okay Marcus Smart tonight now takes a shot to the eye and gets four stitches which again he's gonna play through but they've got all these kind of like bumps and bruises at this point and and Brad said look I'm glad we got a couple we have 48 hours they canceled the practice tomorrow that was originally going to be scheduled I think he said I'm just gonna get the guys off their feet get them back on the Eastern time zone, yeah. get them back feeling normal again um, moving forward. Yeah, I think that's important. And I think that, I mean, let's face it, Adam, it's like after tomorrow they play Friday, Saturday, Monday, and Wednesday, like four and six, yeah. you know? So there's going to, with no practice, I'm sure, I don't know about that Tuesday, but, you know, they're going to, it's not going to get any easier. And they're not going to get a break. They're not going to get three or four days off. Like He's going to have to make some match, and that's what the depth is about. I mean, Hey, he put R.J. Hunter in the night for some minutes. Terry's been playing well. It might have to be some James Young and Jordan Mickey time. Maybe you got to, you can't pl- grind these guys out. I mean, this is you're playing for seeding, but you want these guys to be fresh for next weekend. So hey, that's what the depth is for. That's why you have 14 guys on the roster. Let's see what happens. What have you thought? I was actually going to ask you about Terry. He's kind of after these rookies have really been up and down all season, getting kind of spot minutes almost it seems like terry for now generally it's you know again tonight evan didn't play so you don't know they haven't hardly been at full strength but it seems like he has carved out a little spot in the rotation what what did he end up finishing tonight 16 minutes almost 17 minutes tonight he didn't have his best game but it but he, he looks more comfortable out there his shots still aren't falling but he's getting rebounds he's running the offense okay what have you thought about i guess his development and, and it seems like brad's trust in him um, particularly in, in important points of games 
Yeah, Adam, I think this is the Terry that we thought we would see earlier in the season. I think there was like a perception that he might be like that third point guard, that he would get some quality minutes, and it's happening now. And I think the only thing that every I think you kind of think when you see Terry play is, boy, that dude needs to spend the summer in the gym taking jumpers. Like, that's it. When he learns how to shoot, he'll be a real valuable weapon for the Celtics. But now he's just – I just think his activity, his hustle, his defense um, – his rebounding is exceptional for a smaller guard. I think he's doing good things out there, and I think he's got that confidence. And I think this will be a great jumping uh, stepping stone to the summer where whatever, you know, if you play summer league, I mean, he'll just be kind of like, hey, I know I can play in this league now. I mean, I don't know, honestly, Adam, if James Young can say that in the summer league. And Jordan, Mickey might have it, and maybe RJ might have that mentality. But I think Terry definitely goes – to Salt Lake and Vegas, the mentality that, hey, I, I, need, I can play in this league. I just need to work on my jumper. And, and we talk about kind of playoff seedings and how these next four games will shake out. Uh, the other one the Celtics fans have paid so much attention to all year is, is that Nets pick. That's the other one that's kind of on the verge here. So with four games left, the Nets are currently one game ahead of the Suns. That's the only – they're not going to go higher or lower than that, but it's been those two basically – to get some extra ping pong balls, to get a higher spot if the ping pong balls don't hit. So let's take a look at what the what the Nets have left in the Suns. Let's try and see if we can figure out how this is going to end up. So Nets, we, four games. We go at Hornets. Again, a team of Celtics. It's one of those weird games. The Celtics would prefer the Hornets to lose, but I think if you're a Celtics fan, you'd probably just be like, all right, Hornets, go ahead and win that game and help us out here. Uh, at the Pacers, another team that's fighting for the playoffs, so they're going to, you know, that's going to be a Pacers. That's an L, yeah. (laughs) This is the one that's kind of, okay, so these next two are slightly sneaky. Versus the Wizards. The Wizards should beat them. At that point, they're probably, there's a good chance they're going to be eliminated at that point. They've already had just kind of a disaster of a season, really. I potentially could see them at that, assuming they are eliminated at that point. which Brooklyn. Yeah, in Brooklyn. If, If the Wizards are eliminated... I can see that one potentially yeah. turn. You know, yeah, yeah. not saying it's going to happen, but it's no, it's a possibility. Be, I, I call that a pick'em. Yeah. And then the last one is versus the Raptors. So the only tricky thing there is the Raptors at that point are have sealed up the number two spot, and you for. nothing to play for, and you would assume they would rest their guys. Having said that, I would probably still take the Raptors like second string rest guys over the team the Nets are throwing out there right now. Yeah, with no Brook Lopez and no Thaddeus Young, remember they like shut those guys down. It was like they were doing the Celtics a little favor there. Uh, they're still playing hard, but remember, this team lost to the Pelicans at home. I want to say like by 19 the other night, they lost to Washington. So they're getting tired. I mean, that could be an 0-4. Uh, let's look at Phoenix. All right. So if it goes 0-4, you still need help from the Suns because they're behind right now. The Celtics need the Suns to win a game. At the Rockets. Um, no. Rockets are fighting for playoffs. And then they go, here's one, at, at Pelicans, the team that's absolutely oh, beat up. Yeah, and with Devin Booker going nuts. I mean, remember, the Suns played the Hawks strong for three quarters and just kind of fell apart in the fourth. I actually watched that game. But they're playing hard. I mean, Earl Watson's a coach who's coaching for his future, so he's not resting no dudes, and he's yeah. not, you know, he's trying to win. So that could be a win for the Suns. I mean, they, I mean Based on where the Pelicans are, I think, and it's, I know it's at New Orleans, but the Suns have a very and Brandon Knight is. You got to remember, Brandon Knight was out for a long, long stretch, and he's back now. Then you have versus the Kings at home. 
Yeah, the Kings are just a mess. I, I, I mean, the Suns got a good shot at that one. Yeah, it's back home. And then the last one is similar to what we're talking about, the Raptors versus the Clippers, another team that there's a good chance that the last game of the year totally. they'll, they'll have sewed something up and then be locked in and, and rest us. for nothing now. Literally, they've got the fourth seed locked up. They can't catch Oklahoma for third. They're way ahead of uh, the fifth seed, Memphis. So, yeah, the Clippers probably will shut down. Maybe Blake Griffin gets some minutes to get his shape back, but – that's going to be a lot of C.J. Wilcox and Paul Pierce. So I think looking at looking at the way things are set up, you know, anything can happen. But if you're a Celtics fan, you have to feel pretty good the chance at the very worst that they would tie, yeah. and then and there and there's our first. You know, yeah, I thought we might. It's the bathroom, it's, it's guy, <laughs> the bathroom guy's back. The bathroom guy's back. I will say at least he apologized this yeah, time. Yeah. It was a different guy, but he, was, he. No, that was the guy who did go to the bathroom. Oh, that was yeah, him. That was him. That yeah. was the bathroom guy. Hopefully, the bathroom guy is like an avid listener of our podcast. And that would be awesome. He knows that there's 49 other bathrooms <laughs> in the tea garden, but hey. Oh, actually, there aren't that many. Really, I will give that to him. There's only like three he down here. The, he can go in the bleachers, but this is a. Looking at it, Adam, is a very nice family room bathroom. It is. The family room bathroom is almost like a hotel. Yeah. The luxuries, I'm sure he enjoys that. So, yeah, I don't blame him. All right. So, anyway, back to the podcast. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, So, I think if you're a Celtics fan, you have to feel pretty good about those two lineups, like in terms of who the Nets are facing and who the Suns are facing. So, let's – okay. So, let's say – so, right now it's Philly is the worst record. The Lakers are second. And Phoenix and Brooklyn are fighting for third and fourth. As far as I can tell. And honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm not privy to standings, but I think that Minnesota win at Golden State kind of, like, helped them. They were kind of sinking, but, you know, they're playing hard, and they were kind of close to the Brooklyn. No, no, they're, they got 26 wins, and Brooklyn has 21, so okay. that's a wrap. It's, okay. real, it's literally just Nets and Suns. Okay, so basically, you know, the chance to get a top three picks, I mean, we could, you know, maybe we'll put the, the, the lottery numbers online. There is, like, percentages, so... Fans can know, hey, if the Brooklyn gets that third pick in the lottery, and you know, I, I this is what I want to see. This is what I want to see, Adam. I want to see the ratings for the NBA draft lottery in Boston next month. <laughs> you know, is it going to be a Red Sox? Red Sox have played the same night. Who knows? I mean, will the Red Sox ratings be higher than the Boston area ratings for the NBA draft lottery next month? I think the Red Sox still take it. And the big problem is that the, uh, a lot of people don't even really even know when. Like lottery, it's like at like halftime of like a game, yeah, or before, like before one of the yeah. one of the playoff games starts, or something. And people don't know what's going on. Like it's not like a set thing. I, was, we'll, I would still say we'll so. Make sure we'll, we'll list the time and date and channel, and we'll make sure fans know when to tune in to see uh, the ping pong balls. And I know a lot of fans will be crossing their fingers. Yeah, it should be. I mean, it's always such an exciting time when they when they just read off. Uh, <laughs> The it's point is sin, but there's a lot of emotion. Um, so I want to ask you about something else that happened, some kind of breaking news tonight. Sam Hinkie, the 76ers general manager, who's almost taken like a mad scientist approach to this building this team and preaching patience and how, you know, basically losing tons of games and getting high lottery picks and trading for draft picks and building literally from the ground up hasn't worked at all. There hasn't really been any signs of progress even um in terms of wins but again they have they have a lot of picks coming up they do have, still have these young players Jalil Okafor had a nice year he was fired or resigned, resigned. but we was about to get demoted yeah was going to get demoted and yeah. and resign yeah. you know it, it it was not a it was not okay guys I think I'm gonna move on to other yeah. opportunities type of thing uh what do you what do you think of how that all went for him how will how will his I guess time be there remembered do you think he's 
a commodity now in in the market? Do teams want not necessarily as general manager, but teams want to bring him in for some of his, I don't know, some of his front office savvy? What what did you just make of this whole scene? Yeah, I think he'll get another NBA job as maybe a you know analytics guy or an assistant GM or kind of a guy who can help uh, an organization. But I think it goes to show you that one. Sometimes the real smart guys just aren't good general managers, and they're not good with people. They're not good with relations. This is a relations business. I mean, Danny Ainge is a guy who, you know, some people say swindles people in trades, but he definitely talks other general managers into making deals that are favorable for him. Ask Billy King that, okay? You have to have a personality to be in this business. You just can't be, uh, you know, nerd guy. I hate to sound like that reference, but you just can't be a guy who – doesn't have personality, who annoys most of your counterparts. And I think that I looked tonight. I actually wrote a story on this for, for tomorrow, thanks to your suggestion, Adam. I mean, they've got a load of cap space, and they've got three first-round picks. They could literally get really good really fast, but someone's got to have faith in signing with the 76ers. Like, now you've got to sell the city, the franchise, the history, somewhat like Boston, but Boston obviously in a way better position I mean, but you've got, to look, you've got to look to a guy and be like, okay, do you want to come here? What player is going to want to play in Philadelphia? That's because of Sam Heakey because the stench from his tenure was just so bad that now the reputation, the organization's been stripped of its pride. That's tough. Although he put them in a position with a lot of – their two highest paid players, Adam, JaVale McGee and Gerald Wallace. Uh, as I wrote, McGee's on the bench, coming off the bench for Dallas and Gerald's chilling – in Alabama collecting his final NBA check. That should show you about the Philadelphia 76ers payroll. Yeah. So they've got money and they got draft picks, but now they got to get respect back. And the big problem is basically everyone's going to have money this summer um, and, and kind of moving forward because the salary cap's going to explode so much. Uh, and, and lastly, before we, we kind of wrap this up and see someone else come in and try to use the bathroom on us, <laughs> like uh, Kobe Bryant, we were out. There was, it was, there was a lot going on on that West Coast trip, but you're an L.A. guy. Um, you've seen Kobe play a ton of times. It was first, cool. I covered his first summer league game. Yeah, yeah, I covered his first summer league game. Man, first, you're older than yeah, I thought you were. Yeah. And I'm not gonna. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, we. So it was his last 20s. game against. I was in my twenties, so let's not. You know, yeah. I was a young reporter. It was his last game against the Celtics. Um, it was a big deal when he came here. To me, that was actually the bigger deal because it was he still has games in L.A. Obviously, people in L.A. the Celtics rivalry means something to them, of course. But to have that last one here to see him, you know, go linger out in the court with his family afterwards and look up in the rafters and all that, like it was more emotional. But anyway, he he had thirty four points. He had a great. There were he took a lot of shots, but he put up thirty. Yeah, put up thirty four points um, and, and talked again after the game just about what the rivalry meant to him and stuff. How do you kind of look back on Kobe in particular and also Kobe in his place in Celtics-Lakers? I think he made – he helped resurrect the rivalry. I mean, if you recall, uh, if, if you guys don't know, I mean, the Lakers and Celtics last played in the finals in 1987, and then kind of the Celtics sunk. The Lakers won a couple more titles, and then they kind of sunk after Magic's retirement – so they were like in kind of purgatory for about the same time. They were kind of just trying to make it. And then all of a sudden the Lakers got Kobe and Shaq. The Celtics suffered <laughs> a lot longer. So in 2008, this, the rivalry being kind of dead, then all of a sudden they play in the finals and it's like, oh my goodness. And of course, you know, ABC jumped on it because this is a great story. They're for, I mean, and he helped resurrect the rivalry because in the late 
the early 2000s, it just wasn't a whole lot to the rivalry. The Lakers were had Kobe and Shaq, and you know the Celtics had Pierce and Delonte West or something like that. Like they just weren't at the same level. Um, so you got to give credit for helping him. The big three from the Celtics, Paul Gasol, those guys that helped resurrecting. They met two times in three years, two epic series, especially 2010. I mean, that's a series that, honestly, Adam, I don't think, I think that probably sticks in the craw of most Celtic fans because they had that series. They literally gave away games. They were up 3-2. They didn't show up for game six. I mean, that's got to still bother Doc Rivers in the game seven Kobe went to the line a bunch of times. They ran out of gas. Rasheed Wallace was exhausted. So Kobe gets credit for helping resurrect the the rivalry. I think it's good. He's going out at the right time. And I, it was cool to see him hit some threes in Evan's face and go out with a nice goal. All right, with that, we're going to wrap it up. And speaking of Evan's face, the other storyline tonight with, 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 with Evan's no yeah, well, with Evan's eyes. So he... He's, it sounds like he's going to have some, some kind of eyewear on Friday against the Bucks, And he said, listen, I'm going to have something, but I don't want any of those Kurt Rambis goggles. I don't want Kareem goggles. He goes, I want MC Hammer glasses. And I had to go, I remember MC Hammer. I'm sort of old too, but I didn't remember what his glasses looked like. And I, w- I went and looked, and they're pretty phenomenal. So people, you should go out there, you should Google MC Hammer glasses. Yeah. And then once you find out, once you see those, you should really hope Evan Turner comes sure. out with those on Friday. That would be a real treat. Yeah, he was the man. He was but, the man and I <laughs> But thanks, you guys, for listening. And uh, make sure you check out the podcast, obviously, bostonglobe.com. You can download it on SoundCloud. You should subscribe on iTunes. It's called On the Parquet. And we'll be back soon with another podcast. Peace.